0: Welcome to a very special edition of OK Computer on a Tuesday, not a Wednesday, but I'm with one of my fast money friends and market friends. That would be Gene Munster. He is the founding partner of Deepwater Asset Management. Gene, welcome back to the pod. Great to be here, Dan. I really do look forward to these. Every quarter we've been doing I think for like 2 years now on the pod here we get your rundown of just some of the largest market cap stocks in your universe you know what they are they are the mag 7 that's apple microsoft google amazon meta tesla and nvidia and as of this morning Gene they made up about 28% of the S&P 500 a little more than 40% of the Nasdaq 100 it's pretty astounding i know you and i have gone back and forth a little bit on the past cycles and the concentration among the biggest names this time feels A little bit different. I know I just said the words here. You and I, again, we've been talking about themes. We're going to hit all these names as far as their earnings and expectations and how you're thinking about into the quarters. But I'd love for you to kind of frame for our listeners a little bit. Some of the stuff powering the NASDAQ, powering these names we just mentioned, these are themes that are not new to you at Deepwater and not new to you in your coverage over decades covering tech. So talk to us a little bit about how you're thinking about AI. I know that Microsoft reports Tuesday, today, after the close here, but November 1st, they're hosting a day and they're going to be going through um, a lot of their AI products and the like here. And I know, again, to many investors in these names, that might be new product offerings here. But you've been thinking about this stuff for a while in both the public and the private markets.
1: Uh, when we founded Deepwater in 2017, AI was one of our three foundational areas of investment investments we made investments in 2018, 2019, and then we're surprised at what's happened with generative AI over the last nine months, happy to see it, surprised. But the reason why we were making those investments five, six, seven years ago was because a belief that we think this is the next paradigm shift. Each paradigm shift comes around every 10 or 15 years and has a bigger impact. The question to be asked now is: Given how much we've talked about AI, is it effectively priced in? And our belief is that we're not even close to pricing in the potential, whether it's some of these large-cap companies or some of the smaller-cap or smaller tech companies as well. I would say from the biggest brush stroke here is this is really our second or third earnings period after the generative AI enlightenment, and I think we what we will continue to have to frame in, and this is where I'm going to be most tuned into is what's the commentary about the impact of AI in 2024 and 2025? We're not really as concerned about what the September and December quarters are. We can talk a lot about them. They matter in the near term. But I think it is hard to underestimate or hard to understate how big of an impact AI is going to have. So we are right there huge believers. And we think that the value that's going to be created around AI is going to be really uh, a barbell approach here. We think that these largest tech companies are going to have an outsized benefit. And then we think there's going to be a smaller kind of host of companies that are also going to be more narrow focused, but also have a big benefit. So I'm optimistic. And I think that you talked about Microsoft and their November 1st event. This is probably the company, if you're going to say, okay, AI is big brushstrokes, AI matters a lot, and it's going to be much bigger than even what we're talking about now. If we can start there, which company is going to have the biggest upside in the next two to four quarters? It's going to be Microsoft. They're going to talk about on November 1st, a lot of new AI products or some new AI products, but also that's when they're going to begin to charge for co-pilot. And this is obviously the generative functions in that. And it's the only company, if you look at the Magnificent Seven, it's the only company that analysts actually have an accelerating growth rate from 2023 to 2024. And so I think that's where eyes are going to be particularly focused on as a bellwether to this transformation.
0: All right, let's talk about the near term again, because I think it's interesting you're talking about why you're excited about these. It's really the long term, even for these massive companies. But in the near term, I, I think that you and I, the last time we spoke was August 3rd, I think it was, and we got through maybe most of the large cap tech, we had just come off a high. And and at the time, Microsoft was trading an all-time high. Apple was trading an all-time high. There was just, it seemed like a fever pitch in and around the excitement around AI. Then Microsoft announced the pricing of this Copilot 365. And so here we are now, we're we're like at at the point in which they're going to start charging for it. They might be able to give some guidance for it. It'll be interesting to see how they thread the needle between today's earnings, the guidance and the commentary they give, and then what they have to say usually gene you were on the sell side for a very long time usually companies like this will like to hold a little something in and around the event right you don't want to steal too much thunder from it so it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and next week when I think about Microsoft, okay, it's up about 39% of the year. It's down about 10% from its all-time highs in late July. It was down about 15%, so it's bounced a little bit. And to your point, as far as the growth rate in 2024, expected to be up 12% EPS in sales, trade about 30 times. Okay, so here we are. We're in fiscal 2024, right? And so next year on 2025, 26 times expected EPS growth about 15% and 13% sales growth feels pretty good, right? If you believe in all the things that you just mentioned, I'm saying if you're an investor and you believe in all these themes that you've just laid out, the stock actually takes pretty reasonable. So into the print, Today, Tuesday, implied move about 4.5% or so. Last quarter, again, the stock had a negative reaction to guidance that people were expecting something in and around AI. They didn't get it. So let's talk about the very near term and then maybe what are you exactly expecting from next week's event that will give you confidence that this stock trading 24 times next year-ish or 25 times next year is an uncommon value in the space.
1: I think the most important point is uptake with those 600 enterprises, 600 600 enterprises that have been testing Copilot as part of their broader Microsoft suite. If they stay something to the effect of a certain percentage of those are expected to be paying for Copilot, the list price is $30 additional per seat per month. I don't know what the actual price is gonna be, but if they start talking about some of that adoption piece I think that's something that can propel shares higher. Microsoft is a complicated story when it comes to AI. They are the first beneficiary of it, but they've also been the most vocal supporter, of it. they've said the most about it and it is harder for them to turn up the volume when it comes to optimism around AI. We do the buzzword bingo related to AI. They always talk about AI machine learning more than any other company on their earnings calls the last couple quarters. And so my point is that if they go and talk about new bells and whistles, there's going to be a little bit of, we've heard this before. So I think that there needs to be a shift. I think the catalyst here is going to be a shift in terms of commentary of when they're going to actually be monetizing this. And all they need to say is something to the effect that they see reason for accelerating revenue growth next year, essentially confirming where the street's at. I have the same numbers that you went through in terms of expectations for next year, modest acceleration, but acceleration nonetheless. And that's important. So I think if they nail that, if they can give confidence that they know that there's going to be adoption from some of these 600 enterprises that have been testing this, then Analysts can start to fill in some of the blanks for next year. And I think that that will be a catalyst. I think Microsoft, last quarter, I felt different about it. I was concerned about Microsoft going to the print. This quarter, I'm feeling optimistic about it.
0: Interesting, because expectations are a big game here. And it was interesting With Netflix was down nearly 30% from those highs that it made over the summer into the print. And you saw the reaction to better than expected news. And there were things to pick out a little bit, but the stock had a massive reaction. So again, I think all of these mega cap tech stocks that have sold off, some less so than others Google and Meta we're going to hit both of those in a second the Microsoft the Apple the ones that have really declined if the numbers are good enough if the guidance is good enough if there's no tape bombs in there they likely bounce a little bit but if there are any disasters or any really change as it relates to what consensus is as far as even from a visibility standpoint I think there are lower lows in these the Microsoft again trading at 30 times this year 26 times next it's on the upper ends of historical valuation bands here's a company though also that has very stable gross margin. So I'm curious when you look at this, it's it's basically a 68% gross margin for years expected to be the consensus for the next couple of years. At what point do you expect to see an uptick from some of these products as it relates to profitability, Gene?
1: It's going to be a few years out because just that investment cycle is so aggressive related to this. And so it's probably 26, 27, somewhere around that timeframe. Analysts, investors should find the addition button as they think about margins into the long term, I think that they will inch higher. But it is that kind of inching higher perspective. That's powerful. That's all they need to do is inch them higher. That's what we saw Apple over the last few years. So to answer your question, I think it's 2026, because I think they're going to be investing over the next couple of years that are going to keep those essentially flat.
0: Let's talk about Alphabet again, reporting also today after the close of 5% implied move in either direction. The stock's up 55% on the year. It's down eh, a little less than 10% from its all-time highs the first week of January 2022. This one has valuation support. And I think this is a consensus play. It was since you mentioned that three quarters ago when Microsoft came out of the gate with this uh, other open AI investment and obviously the success of chat GPT-4 and the like here. Google was in the penalty box for a while. You and I have talked about that a little bit, but trading about 20 times next year, okay, expected EPS growth about 22% on 12% sales growth, gross margins. This one is interesting to me, Gene. So that's why I asked the, the margin question as it relates to Microsoft. Consensus has like, Bargains dropping really significantly next year. And so what does that have to do with? I'm assuming is it pressure on search because of what's going on with Bing and, and potentially ChatGPT4? But this is a stock that, again, I think that a lot of folks now have come to grips with the fact that, yeah, the rollout of their competitor to ChatGPT wasn't particularly great six, nine months ago, whenever it was. But people feel a lot more comfortable about this one and some of the things that they've seen over the last six months. And then obviously on a valuation standpoint.
1: So I think about a twofold. Number one, in terms of the near-term, yes, there's been more optimism around Google than there was six, 12 months ago, just as investors were so concerned about what the impact was going to be from search. But I still think that they have, they lag what Microsoft, some of the optimism about what Microsoft has and NVIDIA, and if you just look at the multiple, as you mentioned, of Google is less. So both of these statements can be true at the same time. There is more optimism about Google in the investor community more broadly, the stock is up, but it still is what I think underappreciated relative to the AI opportunity. And at Deepwater, we own Google. We think that this is the single best investment related to AI and large cap tech. And the reason is that, yes, they have a headwind. Maybe just identify the headwind. You said it is how is search going to be impacted. There's a competitive piece related to Bing. There's also the piece related to just change in consumer behavior. Google search business, if we use an analog relative to mobile, back in 2008, 2009, 2010, it was growing 20 to 30%. Now, there was some noise in there around 2010 and 2012 with the broader economy slowing, but also that was when there was a shift from desktop to mobile. At the time, mobile commerce was not monetizing as well as desktop, and a lot of the activity was moving over to mobile. And so what Google saw initially was a small uptake in clicks on mobile but they also saw a decline, a greater decline in the CPC cost per click. I think that same dynamic is going to happen in search. And this is the head when I want to just identify the elephant in the room. The negative here is that effectively, as we start to move to an AI-powered search paradigm, that user behavior somehow changes and the growth rate's slow. And I think that's in part what you talked about, what's happening with margins. I think there's an investment piece to it, too. I think we're going to see a similar rollout as what we saw from desktop to mobile as from mobile to AI. And effectively, what Google is trying to do here is just right now they own us when it comes to information searches. That's the primary reason why I use Google. Second, navigation, and our second, commerce, and third, navigation. They want to add a fourth piece to that, which is generative AI. And the idea to go to Google to have things created for you uh, you don't use Google for that today. If they can um, basically enable that piece to uh, get people excited about going to Google for a fourth reason, that's going to increase the engagement, I think be more shots on goal and ultimately be good for search. So the reason why this is our best idea when it comes to AI investing, not investment advice, but our deep water where we just look at our portfolio is that we think that search is going to benefit from AI. We think that their cloud business will benefit because. You're going to have to host this. And we think that YouTube is going to benefit from creative AI tools that are going to cause an increase in creator content. So we're optimistic about Google
0: purely anecdotal I just cancelled I, I think I did it as a novelty and, and I'm sure you, you've spent some time on chat 4 I think they were charging what $19.99 a month for that thing, and it, it is a pretty cool product there's no doubt about it and there's tons of applications from a consumer standpoint from an enterprise standpoint that you can see it I just don't see it yet I don't see the justification of paying $20 for it but when I think about the behavior that we've had now for two decades as far as search as far as almost just finding out anything on the internet with Google I just say to myself you know what, they're going to integrate it in a way that that is going to be just so much more native to the way I operate as a consumer, but also as I work through their productivity tools. So ultimately, I I think long-term, I'd much rather probably long Google, short Microsoft, because Microsoft really has never nailed any of these paradigm shifts, rather than the first one. You you know what I mean? 40 years ago, right? So I I just find it an interesting setup, and I've just heard anecdotally a lot of other folks, the fever's kind of broken as far as the excitement in and around the app, but it is doing true. Truly extraordinary things. It's just not integrated in a way that into your other workflows, and it, that's just my personal opinion. I'm just curious how you're thinking about that.
1: Copilot in Office is great. I think people are going to love that. Use generative AI to write emails, to write Word documents, to do PowerPoint. I think there's going to be like true value there beyond what we're seeing just with ChatGPT. And I think that eventually Google is going to incorporate a lot of that same functionality for generative AI, just like you use, you may go to Google and search something and copy and paste it into an an Outlook email. I think it'll be the same way. You'll go for some generative usage on Google. And so I think one of the well-traveled growth opportunities is just increase engagement. It was a joke in 2000, just build engagement. Eventually they'll come and a lot of companies didn't make it, but they were right. And ultimately that has been a well-traveled, successful role. And I think that's what Google is going to do when it comes to integrating generative features within search.
0: Let's take a Look at Meta here because this one is pretty fascinating to me. The way this stock has acted over the last few months, especially relative to many other stocks within the technology universe that have been basically trending upper left, bottom right, a series of, of lower highs over the last few months, or so. This thing has really been range bound in and around that kind of three hundred dollar level. It's also one of the ones just like Alphabet has tremendous valuation support. One of the reasons this sticks out to me is the last big paradigm shift. Remember the the metaverse and everything. I know you know it very well, but this stock sold off nearly 80% from its highs in 2021 from the time that it changed its focus, changed the name, all that sort of stuff. But now we've had all this generative AI excitement, and we know that they're working on things there. The stock's up one 200% from its lows, right? It's down about 20% from its all-time highs. Trades about 19 times next year's expected EPS growth, mid-20s or so on, let's say, low teens expected sales growth. Gross margins, flat. Around 80% or so here. So when you think about this name, like how much of the performance this year is a bit of a reflex action two years on a little bit? How much is excitement around generative AI? We know that they're doing a whole host of open source model and they're like 3 billion monthly active users that they have the ability to integrate a lot of this technology. A lot of it's going to come back to Metaverse and I know that's a theme that you believe in. I'm just curious, what are you more excited about as you think about Meta. Is it generative AI? Is it metaverse? Is it spatial computing? Is it all of it wrapped up into one?
1: We own Meta at Deepwater and we own it for just, I'd say, the core business. And what excites us is I think one of the reasons why the stock has done better is just there's a greater optimism that a lot of the headwinds that hit, it wasn't just concern about what was going to happen with advertising. There was some of the changes to Apple and how they were not allowing Meta to track, and that impacted advertising tools, and that all collectively, this just had a big headwind for them, and they started to anniversary that and started to grow again because the core business people are addicted to their products, Instagram, and especially, and I think that has shown through in the numbers, and we're starting to see a reacceleration. They grew at 11% in the June quarter; they're going to grow at around 20% in September. The street's looking for about the same growth in December, and so I think that is the core piece that uh, we're excited about. If we would rewind our conversation two years ago talking about this, I would have said you get the core business and then you get the optionality around what happens with the metaverse because they're doing a lot. They're investing a lot. Zuckerberg is a big believer in it. And today I would say that like that, yes, there's optionality there, but I'm getting to a point where I wish that they would just end it. And part of the reason is that this, I think what we're going to see more clearly at the beginning of next year is the gap between the technology that meta has for the metaverse and what Apple's going to come out with spatial computing is so wide that I'm not quite there yet, but I think they're going to be at 13 or 15 billion dollars a year of spending in reality labs. And so I'm starting to gravitate to let's just focus on that core business. Let Apple figure out the hardware and the software around it. And I understand that it's an ego hit to continue to build a business on back of Apple. But I think that's the right thing. So to answer your question, Dan, is I've turned kind of cooler on the idea. We still love the stock. We're still invested there. It doesn't change. But I think that they really should refocus. And what I saw from Meta's conference recently is just so far behind what Apple's at. I just think that it's going to be hard to catch up.
0: That is a a new tidbit from Eugene because I know it's an area that you're actually very excited about. Your point is that they built their platform on the back of iOS the first time around. You're you're basically saying, I would do the same.
1: It's not even close. Once people experiment, I was in that camp that we talked about this before, they got to try... Vision Pro, and it's going to surprise people how good it is.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this. Implied move about 8% into the quarter. I just mentioned how well this stock has acted. It's basically been consolidating for months here. If the spend is up, on metaverse and related stuff. And let's say there's some kind of hiccup as far as ad spending. We know that a, a lot of their ad spend comes from small media business. And we know that some of the, the the metrics that a lot of economists track as it relates to small business activity is slowing down. The consumer is slowing down a little bit. That was a takeaway we heard from some of the money center banks. Brian Moynihan at Bank of America specifically said that. I, I wonder, might this stock be put in the penalty box just like it was two years ago when similar trends were starting to happen here? and, and so again, what do we try to do on the pod here? We're trying to like look ahead a little bit and see what could go wrong. Listen, all these stocks, they're named the Magnificent Seven for a reason. I look around, dude, there are no sell ratings on any of these seven stocks. Literally, I think among all seven of them, there's 10, okay? You know what I mean? 90% are all strong buys or whatever the hell they are with price targets 25% above where they are. And you played the sell side game for a very long time, but there is a universal optimism about all of them. That's why they're named that. So I'm just curious, what is like a landmine you think that's lurking out there for a meta at a time where I think there's a good bit of complacency, not in the options market, because they're implying about an 8% move. I'm Just curious, is there something that could happen in the near term that could cause investors to rethink the story?
1: You said it, what could happen? I, I don't think it's going to happen, but you said it, what could happen is they just start saying that they're seeing, you know, in the month of September, we started to see, or quarter to date, we started to see a, a slowdown with some advertisers that would really spook people. But one one piece around that, that spook factor is to look at what expectations are, not just for the December quarter, as I mentioned, they're right around 20% growth rate, similar to September, but what they are for next year. And The street's looking for 13% revenue growth, so a step down. If you look at the rest of the Magnificent Seven, with the exception of Tesla, they all are similar growth rates. NVIDIA steps down a lot because of hard comps, but Meta has more, I think, conservatism built into it relative to 2024, relative to the other companies. And so I would say that I hear you. I think there's a little bit of room for people not to be concerned about numbers coming down too much because I think there's a step down in growth that's being anticipated for next year. And By the way, if you're curious, that 13% growth that I mentioned next year, it's similar to where Google's at too and Microsoft. It basically steps down more than lines. Uh, Yes, if I'm wrong, the stock's going down if they really say it's that bad. But I think there's a little bit of a safety net here.
0: Last thing, I know you covered Twitter for a very long time. Uh, on the sell side. I'm just curious, threads, when you think about this, is it optionality the way you talked about? Does it have the potential to get to a billion monthly active users? I know like out of the gate, they got to 100 million. That was really converting a bunch of Instagram subscribers. It seems like at least in the social universes that I live, it seems like there is uh, among markets and political and and newsy sort of folks, they they seem to be moving their way off of Twitter and, and onto threads. And there's some optimism about it, but I'm actually really surprised Because we're like three months on from its initial launch and there was a lot of fanfare. They just haven't kept up. You'd think that each week that they would be pushing a new thing out, giving people a little bit. I'm just surprised at the pace in which that's happened. Surprised
1: I am too. I think that they definitely have lost some of that initial momentum. The Initial momentum was sparked by the number of Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp users that they're able to harness and corral. It got to 100 million users in two weeks. That's the fastest than any company. That's much faster than ChatGPT, but the user growth has slowed off. To answer your question, I think this is something that has real optionality into it. This sounds a little bit off topic here, but let's talk AI and the future of AI and not what is matters to threads is I think that the world's going to be around in 10 years. I think that AI is going to be a force of good. I think the one piece that's going to be particularly negative is around disinformation and specifically around when trust is eroded, humans tend to become more tribal. And I think that's going to present itself in these town squares we think of twitter as a town square that's going to probably end up leaning more conservative and i think that by definition i think there's an opportunity for threads if i was going to kind of balance that out and think about the three four i actually think musk recently said they have 500 million twitter users found that hard a little bit hard to believe because it was like 350 a year ago but let's say it's 400 i think threads ends up getting over the next year 150 million kind of stable ones is it a billion don't know can this be a real business that investors actually care about yes
0: and Cross River Bank member FDIC. Let's talk about Amazon here. Thursday after the close, implied move in the options market about seven percent either direction. This was definitely one of those names that was uh, an outlier to the upside in that kind of Q2 reporting season. And again, I remember you and I speaking about it at the time, you were really surprised, but you were actually expecting a bit of an uptick in that retail business, rather than expecting operating margins. You thought that AWS, the deceleration would start to stabilize and investors would see a path for that. And, you know, they made this anthropic investment. And I thought that deal was really interesting. And maybe you have something to say about that. It's not just an investment, an equity investment, but it's, it's basically going to be as it relates to chips and as it relates to AWS. And there's a whole bunch of integration It looked a lot like that open AI deal in Microsoft, at least initially. Again, this one's up 50% on the year. It's still down about 13% from its 52-week highs. It's still down 30% from its all-time highs in 21. Trading about 40 times next year's EPS growth expected to be up. I think 30% on adjusted, a little higher on a gap and expected sales growth about 12% or so. Thoughts on this one here, because this one feels like it's going to be controversial. The volatility over the last three months, the initial excitement about retail, and then the excitement about some AI stuff, but then the sell-off related to AWS, I think there were some fears in further share loss, deceleration. So this one's been all over the map. It doesn't trade particularly well heading into the quarter. But I wonder, as we head into the holiday selling season, maybe there's something there. You saw the numbers as it relates to the amount of, I guess you call them seasonal workers, that they are hiring. 250,000, that's 100,000 more than last year. They must be expecting something gangbusters this quarter.
1: I'm sensitive to, uh, I think that Amazon is towards the middle of the optimism curve toward maybe even the bottom of the Magnificent Seven. That said, I think actually all these companies are in a really good place. I think there's a reason why people are optimistic about them. I don't like groupthink. I'm a contrarian by nature. So it's hard for me to embrace that these companies will continue to have success. I think Amazon will. I think the most important point, again, this quarter is gonna be relative to AWS. When we talked before, we said AWS growth was gonna decelerate and they may talk about improving growth in December and that's what happened. It's basically bottomed out around 12 and percent. If you look at Azure and Google Cloud, they're growing in the high 20% range and this used to be the darling AWS. And so I think that the expectations now for December are around 15% growth, I think that's gonna be the, the focal point on the call. Uh, and I think they're going to talk about more acceleration related to AWS. I just think the tide around AI is so strong that it's going to lift all three of the hyperscalers, the biggest cloud platforms. That's my uh, core belief. I think what's going around with the, the retail business, it is buying time right now. And I think that the the piece that is most exciting longer term is just around eventually how they can continue to take costs out related to logistics this is going to take years to do this this has been something we've been hoping for last decade is for them to really improve margins their retail business is still basically a break-even business and which is incredible with the share that they have it's that so i think aws is still even though it's only What, 12% of revenue? It's still going to be 90% of what impacts the stock. And I generally think that trend is going to be good, at least the commentary about December and March.
0: It's interesting again to me. I think investors, while they were excited momentarily about the retail business, that again, the stock is not valued on that whatsoever. But like when they drilled into AWS again over the last call it month and a half or so, it just seemed like that some of that trepidation worked back in the stock. This is one that I expect to move one way or another fairly significantly. All right, let's talk about Apple next week. Thursday after the close. This stock, again, it just seems caught flat-footed a little bit during the excitement in and around this kind of AI situation in the spring. It was trading very well despite all of that. I, I do think it was interesting that week where the NASDAQ topped out. I think it was like that week of July 18th, Gene. There was an article in Bloomberg. I know it's Mark Gruen. He's the, the chief Apple guy. He's a tremendously sourced Apple reporter, right? He's always got all the scoops. And now he's over at Bloomberg. And I remember him printing, a story that week how Apple was scurrying around to figure out what their AI strategy was. And he's got another report out this week on Bloomberg talking about it again, which I think is interesting because this comes at a time where at least some of the early reads, and we'll know better next week, on the Apple 15 demand is not particularly great. And it's one of the reasons why the stock has probably had this latest leg lower on its way to 170. I know it's bounced a little bit since the last few days or so. What's your thoughts here? Because this is one, Guy Dami says it all the time. When the stock used to be a growth stock and traded at a value stock valuation, and now when you look at mid to high single digit EPS and sales growth, stable margins, the stock trades, no 26, 27 times or so. This one, again, I think that we've had less focus on it of late because we're talking about the hyperscalers and how they're gonna benefit from AI. We're talking about the investments that they're making in AI. Like they're all tripping over each other to do that. Amazon's got a really good story there. And to me, Apple has been using machine learning, obviously, in all of their devices. And they have products that we probably haven't even really dreamt of yet that are are there. But there's nothing that they can point to in the market right now based on how they do things. So I'm curious, how are you thinking about this name? You already mentioned Vision Pro. You're very excited about that. But we're not going to see anything for that for a while. And at the price point, you would agree that it's not something that you would want to bake into your numbers next year or maybe even into early 2025. So thoughts on the near term? Is the sentiment too negative about Apple, the iPhone 15? And then are there any other like little kickers that they could throw out there as it relates to spatial or AI that you think might get investors excited?
1: So let's do uh, iPhone 15 and talk about AI and then maybe Vision Pro. But from iPhone 15 perspective, the commentary of the past few weeks has been mostly negative negative especially related to China. And we have seen one positive point, at t their CEO talked about on their call that this is one of the strongest uh, new cycles that they've seen. Now, the U.S. is call it 30, 40% of overall business. So I think that AT&T's commentary would suggest that the, the outlook for iPhone, the performance of the September quarter, the outlook for December should be favorable. Another piece is we do look at lead times, we track these every day, and the lead times are basically trending at the exact same pace as they were a year ago. And it's not a perfect science, but in general, longer lead times are good. iPhone 14 started out as a good cycle. I think iPhone 15 is going to start out as a good cycle. I think the commentary about December is going to be more upbeat. It needs to be upbeat because they're going to go from basically revenue down 1% in September to up around 5%. That's the street expectation for December. So I think iPhone 15 is going to be okay. And I think we should put... weight into AT&T's comments and the lead times. Separately is uh, what's happened with AI. I just want to talk about that journey for them is they've been focused on AI probably since 2018, 2019. I call him John John. He used to run AI over at Google. Then he came over to run machine learning, I think this is his title, at Apple. And it's true that Apple does a lot around AI and machine learning for all the reasons that you talked about. If you think about the ledger of AI on one side, Vision Pro couldn't happen without AI. And some of these new features, haptic features related to the new Apple Watch is AI driven. All that's true. But they have missed out on generative AI. And I think that's Gurman's story more recently is that they've been caught flat-footed, as you said, and they need to invest, call it a billion dollars a year. Which, by the way, billion a year for these companies is not that much. We just said Reality Labs does 13 or 15 billion. So I think Apple has a massive opportunity when it comes to generative AI. I think they have an even bigger opportunity when it comes to personalized AI. Because of their security and privacy brand and how they run data and keep it more on device, I think consumers are gonna be more open to personalized AI. And just quickly, what is personalized AI? Right now, you can use AI to do a specific thing and eventually you'll just ask it to do a task that has multiple pieces to it. Classic example is I want to go to Vegas and it looks at your calendar, looks at your friends' calendars, your family's calendars. It figures out what hotels, what airlines. It just does it all for you. That is like a really tangible thing. That's an opportunity for Apple. They haven't scratched that surface and investors need to hear them use the the term AI. They just almost like out of defiance don't use it. So I hope they, they talk about it when they report on November 2nd. I hope they start acknowledging that there's more that they can do in AI. And just the last piece going rapid fire here, Vision Pro, agree with you, Is it's going to be small amount of units, call it a few hundred thousand uh, next year. I do think that the light will go on with investors. I think a few hundred thousand units gets into the market, they're going to circulate their way around with analysts and the investment community, and more importantly, developers. And I think that they're going to start to see the potential on this product. I don't think it's going to be additive to the numbers for probably three to five years. I think that it's going to be additive to the stock next year.
0: Just real quickly, with valuation here, trading at 170 down from 198 or something like that. How how are you thinking about the stock would you like to see a few turns on the valuation level come out of this thing a little bit or has enough happened in that 10 percent decline over the last few months that you feel like it's okay here
1: I think it's okay. And part of the reason, too, is we talked about this last time, this trend, I think, and how investors are thinking about this. And guys, right? Like the target moves in terms of how investors think about Apple. And that's okay. 15 years ago, it was about device growth and iPods and iPhones. And then it was about services. And now it's about this idea of a consumer staple company. And they've led their last two press releases. They're really short, the the shortest press release of anyone. And they say within the first, within the headline or the first sentence, their user base growing and i think that's the important piece if you do the numbers it's really difficult for the user base to decline it almost certainly will increase i think they will lead their press release off saying that as long as they say the number of active devices is growing i think investors think of this as a consumer staple company think it's a higher multiple
0: yeah the only problem with that gene and i know we talked about a little bit on fast money recently is that the consumer staples multiples have just taken a big hit in this rate environment and so like that's the only thing that I worry a lot is that narrative made perfect sense with Pepsi and Coke and everything. We're trading at 27 times, but they're not anymore. So to me, I think this will be interesting to see. Here's a segue. I'd love to get your take on Tesla. Okay, so Tesla, the September orders in China were down or deliveries were down like 11% or something like that. And so we know that some of the early reports about the iPhone 15, there was weakness. I think they, some of the things were saying 3 4% year over year down versus the 14 or something like that. It seems like China is going to be an issue. The last time that we saw this was in 2000. 2019, right, for Apple when China was a real issue. And so again, we're not going to know anything about this, but give me your take on what you heard out of Tesla last week. I I think Tesla has huge issues. I thought that the graphite export restrictions by the Chinese is really interesting that's coming right at Tesla and what they need to make these batteries, right? When you think about manufacturing in Shanghai, when you think about access to their consumers there, we know that they're cutting prices dramatically. It seems like the rubber has hit the road on the auto story in the very near term. I know you have a very different view longer term about the opportunities set here, but with their automotive gross margins where they are right now, you better believe in full self-driving. You better believe in Dojo and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? All this stuff because at $700 billion market cap, doesn't make any sense right here. Especially with the fact that they have a math problem with what they believe to be about cutting prices and increasing demand. It doesn't seem to be the case over the last year.
1: As someone who's optimistic about Tesla, I will see you and raise you with an even bigger negative data point as they talked about this compound 50% growth to get to 20 million vehicles by 2030. They didn't say what the growth rate was going to be, but he kind of laughed at that idea, which is ironic because Musk is the one who brought it up in the first place. If you take a 30% growth, you get to eight and a half million. Compound growth matters. Eight and a half million units by 2030. Not 20 million. It's significantly lower. And so this is a, a dark chapter for Tesla. I think that this is not nearly as dark as the Model 3 ramp because at that point, we didn't know if they're going to survive. They're going to survive this. But given what's happened over the past few years, this is as tough as it gets for them. So I agree across the board, you look at everything that's going on in the business for the next year, that it does not justify the current valuation. The reason why I'm still optimistic is I also have a belief that's hard to get me to shake from, which is I believe eventually all cars are going to be electric. And I could be wrong on that. And Because I believe that, I think that this is a really large market. Just to put it in perspective, 70 to 85 million vehicles a year, average price $30,000, that's 2.1. They call it $2.6 trillion market. That's about four X the size of the smartphone market. I think rest of traditional auto still is in a somewhat of a denial. We won't spend the time going through it here. I'll give one data point gm pushing out their orion factory for doing light trucks by a year and a half now it's gonna be late 2025 that's not what happens when companies aggressively go after a new market this is back to the way auto was there's almost this like sense of resistance so i actually think that Tesla's going to emerge on the opposite side of this. And I think it's a fair criticism to say, you're just sugarcoating all this negative, kind of looking at the long-term positive. But I think it's also realistic to say, where is the world going to go? The world's going to be electric. And I think Tesla's going to be in a good position relative to that. And I do think you do have to have some come through. The auto business alone, I think, can drive a lot of that valuation. But to get significant upside, you got to get FSD.
0: You have to get FSD. If you don't, think about it. You just mentioned the smart bone addressable market, Apple has 90% of the gross margin in the entire smartphone business. On a 25,000 mass market car, Tesla's not going to get there without a software component. For this to be a $2 trillion market cap company with a lot of people think it could be the case, it doesn't get there on autos alone. You know what I mean?
1: I'm agreeing. I think that FSC is a big piece of that. And I would say along those lines is that I think it's reasonable that a car should drive more safe, than a human. I think that there's efficiency benefits to that. It's just hard to wrap my head around this idea of actually like, is autonomy really here? And it was hard for me to wrap my head around how fast chat GPT. And I think you'll have that kind of a moment around AI, maybe this year, maybe in five years, but eventually I think full self-driving will happen. And I think Tesla is going to be a beneficiary. So I agree with you. I think it has to happen.
0: I I just think based on his history, I I think that it happens far later than people expect. and, And the stock is probably going to reflect that because it doesn't seem like their auto business is getting better. But you and I can save that for another pod. Gene, you've been super, super generous with your time. I love doing these every quarter. I really appreciate it. Right back at you, Dan. I appreciate it too. All right, my man. That is Gene Munster. He is the managing partner at Deepwater Asset Management. Thanks so much, Gene. Thank you